This is the Create Love, Create Freedom podcast. My name is Allison Fisher, and on today's episode, we are going to be talking about sacred union. We are going to look at the masculine and feminine in terms of inner and outer. So that is what what is within us, as well as creating sacred union external to ourselves. So when we think about masculine and feminine, um, we need to understand that both men and women carry masculine and feminine energy within them. Um, And one of the things that helps me kind of visualize that is definitely yin and yang. Um, Certainly we know the one that is black and white. I actually found one recently that was uh, gold and white which I really kind of appreciated because I like the gold a lot as well. Certainly the black and white too, but picture yin and yang in your mind. And when you look at the dark portion, um, there's a dot of white. And when you look at the light portion, there's a dot of the dark. And I find that this is very representative both of the kind of relationship we need to have inside of ourselves we need to create both a healthy feminine and a healthy masculine. So if you are a man having a healthy masculine, right? Because that is your true core and true essence, but also having access to that inner feminine. It's going to be a smaller amount, right? The dot um, within the, you know, the light colored dot within that darker portion of yin and yang is much smaller, right? But at the same time, it is still there. And the reverse is also true. Um, For myself, as a deeply feminine woman, I also need access to my healthy inner masculine. I need to be creating and co-creating with my masculine and allowing it to, I guess, really ground my feminine, lead my feminine a lot. Because my feminine energy is very wild. It's very open. It's very receiving. Um, It's also very sensual, right? My masculine is very directed energy. Um, It is very goal-oriented. It is very focused. And one of the things that I have worked on um, over the past few years uh, has really been how to move back and forth between the two. So when I am in my daily life, and when I am with a man or my man, um, then I really want to be able to move back into my feminine so he can play the masculine pull. In addition, though, I need my feminine, or excuse me, I need my my inner feminine to be kind of co-creating with my inner masculine, which very much is that focused, productive kind of energy right? Um, That helps me go after what I want in life. Um, It helps me attain, uh, you know, create some of the things that I need. I actually just did a post today on Instagram and it really talked about um, you can't have creativity or productivity for the feminine and be in a very kind of healthy feminine state. You need both. My productivity will leave me empty. It will leave me 
without purpose. It will leave me feeling dry and brittle instead of green, lush, and verdant. And so, you know, we also need that creativity and creativity only on its own without some sort of direction, right? Some sort of force that is helping it um, mold and create, helping it become the shape that it needs to be. Well, then it's just this raw, you know, energy, creativity, um, whatnot, right? It still flows, but sometimes that flow needs a container. Uh, one of the best things that I heard recently was the idea of a a man is more like a ship, or or I should say the masculine is more like a ship, right? It is going towards a goal. The feminine is the ocean. Both are needed, not only inside of ourselves, right? We need to create that healthy feminine and healthy masculine, but also within our relationships. So again, when it comes to sexual polarity, I think a lot of people, and this is something I learned from David Data, um, if you are interested in kind of learning more about sexual polarity and whatnot, I highly recommend um, his book, Intimate Communion. Um, very, it kind of revolutionized and really kind of allowed me to feel safe again, almost in my, in my feminine. Um, because I realized that the way that society was teaching me was incorrect. Um, it really left me at a deficit. It left me either in my distorted feminine or my wounded feminine. And I'll go over those in just a minute. But this idea of sexual polarity, you know, you can have relationships where they are very distorted and out of balance. Um, a good example of that could be more like the 1950s, right? My grandmother was someone who told me multiple times that she wished that she had the same opportunities that my aunt, you know, her daughter, uh, my mother, uh, and my sister and I had. And she said, you know, there was really only one role for me uh, when I was raising my five kids, and that was being the dutiful housewife sometimes volunteering at church or doing some of those things. But for the most part, she was relegated to one kind of perspective. And what that does is it really stifles the feminine, right? We need access to our inner masculine. We need to create, but also produce something amazing in the world. Align that with our purpose. Um, while my grandfather really played the, the masculine role, um, he, I think he had quite a bit of distorted masculine energy, um, a bit controlling. Uh, he was definitely, um, you know, uh, kind of had in terms of a masculine archetype, he was definitely the recluse, uh, a little bit more of the Hades archetype, probably a little bit of the King, a little bit of Zeus. Um, but definitely he operated from that place where, Everything was kind of his domain. He made all of the decisions. And, you know, my grandmother does not regret certainly having children or raising them, but she said one of her favorite times in life was when, um, you know, she was, I think, in her 20s, whatnot, um, or, or teens, you know, just graduated from high school, whatnot. And she went from Ohio to Washington, D.C., and she worked for a telephone company during the war. And she said it was so nice. Um, my 
uh, two other girlfriends and I, we all shared a little tiny apartment with three little twin beds. And um, she said, I felt free. I felt like I was doing something, um, even though, you know, I was just uh, working for this phone company and connecting calls or doing whatever. Uh, she said, you know, it, it gave me a sense of purpose. Now, what our society will tell women, you know, kind of in the 50s, it seems to me, um, is that you find all of your meaning and only and your meaning only comes from the home, you know, cooking, cleaning, children. And now we've really shifted in terms of, or, or society has, in terms of telling a woman that all of her dreams are going to come true by climbing the corporate ladder, uh, by working herself to the bone, um, by only going after the physical, the external things to herself. And what I've had to do is I've had to marry both of those. I've had to marry my masculine and my feminine energy. Um, it's been a bit tricky. Sometimes I still bump up against it a little bit. Um, but I think that it's really important whether you're a man and you need access to that inner feminine, uh, you really need to be able to uh, bring in some compassion, um, bring in some, you know, um, probably even self-kindness, right, from time to time. Um, I find men who don't have a lot of feminine energy, they often are so self-critical, right? Um, but yet they also hold a lot of shields and a lot of masks in their life. They don't want to show any of that uh, deeper vulnerability. Um, and I, I think that it's really important for both men and women to really learn about polarity, uh, learn about both the masculine and feminine within themselves, look at what's healthy, look at what's unhealthy, which we're going to go over in a minute, then also to, you know, really, um, you know, create that as well in their relationships. So getting back to the 1950s, that's one kind of distorted version. Uh, then there is also what we see more now in society, which is having the 50-50 relationship everything is equal. And I was exploring the idea of equality um, because for me in particular, I have struggled, I guess, a little bit with this idea of wanting to be equal to men. I think what I want instead is fairness. I don't want to be equal to a man. I know that I am different from a man. There are things that I can do I bring to a relationship, to a family, to an organization, to a business that a man cannot bring because of my feminine nature, my feminine essence, my feminine radiance. On the other hand, there are a lot of things that a man brings to the relationship that I can't give myself because even though I have that healthy inner masculine, right? I am the, on the yin and yang, I am the white. And then there's also that dot of black, right? I've got my own inner masculine. At the same time though, that masculine comes from a feminine core. So it is going to be different from the masculinity that a man brings from his masculine core. And that is, that energy is very safe, particularly, of course, the, the man needs to be, you know, um, 
fairly conscious of his wounds and trauma and, you know, be, be constantly working in that direction. He certainly needs to be grounded and conscious and present, right? Um, at the same time, though, those kinds of men, the healthy masculine, really brings a lot of safety and security that society has told me I need to go out and get for myself. Now, right now, I am single. So what that means for me is that I am creating a life that I absolutely love and I am taking care of all of my needs. Um, I am providing for myself. I make sure that I make plenty of money and that I'm able to save and that I'm able to invest in my business. And, you know, that's all wonderful. One of the things that I've been going with lately, particularly dating and, and doing some things like that, or I should say going on some dates, and I haven't exclusively dated anyone, um, is has really been more along the lines of the level of provision that a man will bring. Because there are some men who can provide great provision for certain kinds of women, but it's not at the level of provision that I'm looking for. Now, you might say, well, you know, money isn't everything. Ah, but I'm not only talking about money. I'm talking about something different than just that 50-50 sexual polarity, 50-50 polarity in general. But I need a man who can provide, not just financially, but emotionally, to kind of be my anchor in some ways. It allows me to move through the ocean. His ship, right, is not moved by my emotions. Um, now, he is influenced by me, certainly, and he needs that feminine essence. On the other hand, though, this is not something that ungrounds him. He is capable of holding all of the different aspects of who I am. Now, that does not mean I go to him for every need. I have multiple people within my circle and within my tribe. At the same time, though, provision is also safety and security, feeling safe with a man, that level of teamwork, feeling like we are a team, we're in this together, we're constantly enriching each other's life and building. Building is so important to me. Building a future that we both want together while still being in touch with both of our emotions. And so when I talk about provision, it's also something. I find that, uh, I've mentioned this before in the podcast, I came across a YouTube video and I found it really quite interesting. It's been in my mind quite a bit lately. And that was a woman who said, you know, um, she needs a man who's a little smarter than she is, or at least can absolutely keep up. Um, you know, needing that not only intellectual outlet to just you know, kind of be an intellectual communion with someone, um, but also someone who will constantly challenge her. Um, but also in, in the sense of being more successful. One of the things that I have found personally for me, and I realize that this is not true for all women, I, I personally want to still bring in my own money. At the same time, though, the man that I am with, so that I'm not in that 50-50 kind of role, I need a man who's more financially successful than I am. I also need financial provision at a pretty high level. 
maybe not as high as some women, but for me, that is important. Not just so that I can spend it, but also what I have found is the mindset that it can bring and the the ability to continue to build together. Um, and, and what that does is it also creates a, a another aspect of more sexual polarity. So one of the things that I have found really true is that a very masculine man needs a very feminine woman. I am a very feminine woman. I need a very masculine man. I am not going to try to tame a man and his masculinity. I don't want to control. I don't want to take over the leadership position at all times. Do I want to co-lead? Absolutely. But I'm in my own lane. I am in my feminine, particularly around him. And so some of that provision is also sexual provision. Um, being able to deeply connect with someone is also not only the intellectual, but it is also the sexual. And for me, sexuality is not just two bodies coming together. It is really about sacred union. It is a spiritual act. And so, you know, this again plays back into um, the the inner uh, feminine for me and the inner masculine. Both of those need to be healthy, just like inside of him. I need him to be a man who, you know, has a very healthy inner masculine and also has access to that healthy inner feminine that he has worked hard to cultivate. Kind of a... Uh, Again, a little countercultural to what what society will tell him. So never be vulnerable. Always be hard, right? And you know this this creates a very new dynamic. Um, but this also creates sexual polarity, where yes, I can go out during the day, um, you know, and go after the things I want, build the business I want, um, enrich men and women's lives. At the same time, you know, and be a little bit more in my masculine, eh, tossing in my feminine when I need to, being productive, also being creative, then being able to come back, you know, into the home, into the relationship, into his arms, and really be able to play that very feminine pole. So it's not these distortions of the 1950s housewife, and it's also not the distortions of the hyper independent feminine woman. Now, am I a little independent? Well, certainly. I'm also a sigma female, introverted alpha, you know? Um, but that doesn't need to be something that clashes with the man that I'm with. One of the other things that I find really interesting is how we get to a place of creating these healthy inner places with, you know, kind of within ourselves and whatnot. And for me, that has really been through understanding uh, these different kind of aspects and levels of my feminine. So what I found is that many women struggle with finding a balance between kind of the submissive good girl, uh, the unawakened uh, dependent daughter, and the controlling boss babe, the hyper-independent woman who has a lot of shields, a lot of, uh, David Data called them shells, hard shells around her, protecting her heart. 
So let's look at, well, actually first, um, usually for women, there are times in our life where we have been one or the other. And at those different times, we have judged one, the wounded feminine, or we've judged the distorted feminine while embracing the other one kind of in the extreme. I have done this as well, more so in my life, in my younger years, uh, in my 20s and teens and 20s, I was much more the wounded feminine. And then um, heartbreak came along and also, you know, kind of getting out of college and whatnot. Um, and then, uh, you know, a deep heartbreak happened and I became much more of the distorted feminine. So let's go through both of those. I will also do the same thing for the masculine. So the wounded feminine, she feels the need to be safe, validated, chosen, right? She's got a lot of abandonment wounds. This is a woman who maybe has mother and father wounds, particularly mother wounds, I have found, sometimes also father wounds. Um, she wants to be saved. She wants to be chosen by the masculine. And so she will do whatever is necessary to be chosen by him. And then she's deeply hurt when he doesn't choose her. And so she can sometimes kind of be the damsel in distress. She attracts distorted masculine energy that is dominating, not just dominant, dominating, emotionally unavailable, um, I would also say emotionally, um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, emotionally unavailable, but also emotionally um, kind of distant. Um, instead of, when, when we think of emotional abuse, right, there's something that happens there. There's a distinct event or you know, whatnot, that something, an action that actually takes place, right? Um, what I found is that the, you know, emotional unavailability, that is something where it, it's something that fails to happen, right? Things are going on, um, things are, are happening and taking place. And so sometimes maybe there's really good things that the man will do with her, for her. Um, but then what will happen is something is still in a deficit. She won't be getting all that she needs. Um, even the most basic needs. I'm not saying where she's overly needy, although the wounded feminine can be. And so that will often push the masculine into being more emotionally unavailable, much more distant. Um, this is the woman that really changes or conforms to please other people. Not just men, but everyone. You'll see it with her mother, with her father, um, with her friends in her life, or people who she thinks are her friends. And she does this in order to please others, uh, to earn love, attention, and affection. Because again, probably either from her childhood or some sort of event that had happened in her life, um, a past love or relationship, she did not get that. And so she didn't get the bare minimum. So she feels like she has to work hard for love, for any sort of attention from a man and for affection. So this is the woman who's very disconnected from her healthy inner masculine. Let's look at the distorted feminine. 
she feels the need to place the masculine beneath her. She's been very hurt by the masculine. Again, this could also be a father wound. This could be a father who didn't show up. Um, a father who kind of underperformed, underproduced. He may have been fun and she may have liked him in some ways, but never really gave her this firm foundation of feeling safe and secure uh, financially or emotionally. Um, and so she is the woman who has had to work incredibly hard, but she's also kind of got this belief um, that she is better than the masculine and the masculine is beneath her. Um, and she needs to be in control of the masculine because he can't possibly do anything right. She will attract immature um, men and she will also attract the wounded masculine energy. And this is the man who lacks purpose. Um, this is the man who needs mothering, sometimes he even needs financial support. He can be younger, but this does not have to be true at all. Um, I've met plenty of men nearing 40 who are, you know, very much in this kind of distorted, uh, excuse me, in the uh, wounded masculine kind of space. And, you know, they they kind of show up in that way. And so the distorted feminine is often emotionally distant, overly independent. That's the hyper-independent woman. Not just that she goes out and makes money and brings it back you know, to the family and whatnot uh, and adds value in that way because it also makes her happy. This is the woman who overworks herself. She does so in order to gain the safety and success that she thinks she needs and the security and really to prove herself worthy of being equal to men. She's always, again, operating from a little bit of a different deficit than the wounded feminine. It's still a deficit, always feeling like she's less than a man. And one of the things that I have found in, in fixing both of these, because so much of it has to do with worthiness. And one of the things that I have found was I both, I had to shift both of my mindsets. I had to shift this idea of I have to be equal to a man. Um, and I had to shift this idea that I needed a man to solve all my problems. It's both. It can be both. Um, and instead, you know, we'll look at both the awakened feminine and the divine feminine. But the distorted feminine woman is disconnected from her feminine energy. Um, and she often has a very unhealthy masculine, you know, inner masculine energy. So again, these are kind of those places still kind of being inside of us. And when those, when we have these wounds or distortions within our, you know, feminine energy or masculine energy, we often go out into the world and find people who are the opposite, but keep us in that trap. We, we allow ourselves to be kept in that trap and they continue to perpetuate that trap within themselves. So we can't create sacred union either within ourselves or with a man or a woman, you know, in um, kind of in the world, unless we address these wounds. And again, these are inner wounds. We're going to have to step in to, I call it the um, 
going into the underworld of our own psyche, really having to grapple with some things, some wounds, some trauma, um, really repatterning some things in our life. And then eventually it becomes stepping into our heart temple. It doesn't feel like just the underworld, this dark place. That darkness, we needed to go into that dark, into the kind of fertile void, right? We needed to lay fallow for a little bit, an internal winter. We needed to grapple and reckon with ourselves a bit. We needed to take a very hard look at our life. Either stepping up and saying, you know, from the wounded feminine perspective and saying, no one is going to take care of me but me, at least for now, right? Until I can call in and attract that deeply masculine man from his healthy masculine. Um, but I also need to be able to, to stretch myself a little bit, to go after some of the things that I want. And in the distorted feminine, it's I need to learn how to flow with my feminine energy. I need to learn how to um, I need to really learn how to accept and receive from other people, but particularly from the masculine. And when we're kind of in this inner winter, um, this kind of fertile void, we are we have kind of moved into our awakened feminine. And this is that place where a woman is healing her wounds and her trauma. She's awakening. She uh, is becoming aware of her feminine nature. Uh, she's also becoming aware of the things that hold her back, the way that she self-sabotages, um, the way that she has tried to protect herself in the past, either by trying to be anything and everything to a man or by being hyper-independent. And so instead, she's really cultivating a healthy inner masculine and feminine. So she's not the wounded feminine or the distorted feminine anymore. And then we find that she starts to move towards the divine feminine energy. This is the woman who validates her own worth. She cultivates meaningful work. She has meaningful relationships. And she really does a lot to make herself happy first because she realizes that Whatever masculine man she gets into a relationship with, it's actually not his job to make her happy. It is, you know, uh, his job to, you know, maybe provide and, um, you know, be there for her and support her, but it is not his job to actually make her happy. So she's learned how to balance these two, Right. Um, she's learned how to validate her own worth. She's learned how to cultivate a meaningful career for herself. She's learned how to uh, to have you know deep and connected relationships, and make herself happy, both with or without a man. And what this does is it really invites in. It will still invite in some men who see that and think that they want that. They're not at kind of the same level of healing and, and self-work and repatterning, right? At the same time, though, she's also able to usher in those really high-value men as well because she's created herself in her own way, not based upon what society says, 
but choosing the life that she wants, she's cultivated her own high value woman within herself. This is also the woman who allows a man to add to her happiness. As I said before, though, he's not the source of her happiness. Uh, She's also learned to respect the differences between the masculine and the feminine, you know, a masculine man and herself as the feminine woman. And she sees value in what they both bring to the relationship. And one of the biggest things is she has learned that she is not in competition with the man. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are times when it's fun to be like, uh, I, I like to shoot bow and arrow a little bit at some targets or, you know, do sporting clays or, um, you know, pistol or whatever. And it is fun to sometimes be like, hmm, let, let's see, uh, let's see who beats who, right? But I don't allow it to allow to, you know, where I step outside of my feminine nature. Instead, what I do is I allow it to just be a fun competition that actually enhances my feminine and I'm flirty and I'm sexy and I'm a little mouthy, right? That's different. That's kind of more the fun competition rather than the digging in, um, you know, kind of entrenching yourself in your beliefs that you have to be better or equal to a masculine man. And that really takes you out of your feminine energy. The other thing that that the divine feminine does is she consciously aligns with a masculine partner who has developed and is in connection to his own inner feminine, to to that, that feminine energy within himself, while still staying true to his masculine core. Again, that's that groundedness. He knows who he is. She's not trying to tame his masculinity. She's not trying to change him. He's already there. That was one of the biggest things I have done for myself in changing up, you know, who I choose to date. I do not date anymore, you know, people where I think, oh gosh, he's got some potential. I mean, there might be potential in terms of, you know, the um, kind of, uh, you know, um, earning potential or, or, you know, growth within his life, right? Being able to grow and change and whatnot. But, um, I, I am not, I am not trying to see him as, I'm trying to see him exactly where he is right now, not where he, only where he could be in the future if he were to just grow and change a bit. One of the other things that the divine feminine, you know, if she has kind of a mantra, it is, I am infinite love, I am open, I am light, and I am wisdom. Uh, One of the other things that I learned from David Data, and this is a direct quote from his book, Dear Lover, um, the, the divine feminine, even the awakened feminine, she's moving into that space as well, but we don't deny the fact that our hearts yearn for love, not just to be filled by a masculine man, but we yearn to give our love, to receive love. Um, we, we look for that kind of beauty in the world. So here's what David Data says. Feel deeply into your heart. Feel your tremendous yearning. You know, basically don't try to push it down. Although you may sometimes reduce this deep yearning to shallow neediness, right? The the need to be loved by a man or by yourself. 
actually this deep yearning and the openness of love. This yearning is the hole through which the divine love that lives open as the universe can be felt to emerge. Your boundless depth of love comes to light through this hole of yearning when you trust open as love's ache. And I think one of the important things, I think, as as a woman is to really learn that that deep yearning you have for love is a very beautiful thing. Only very unhealthy masculine men will try to like either shut that down within you or control that. And for men, what I have found is that that deep yearning for freedom, don't try to push that down. It is okay to find freedom, to you know be a little bit open and vulnerable rather than always putting up you know your your shell, you know, your, your armor and whatnot, and trying to run away from your feelings through your feelings and your emotions by working through them, not shutting them down. You will find what you are deeply yearning for, which is complete and total freedom. And what's fascinating to me is in within divine or within, I should say, sacred union, the feminine is looking at love and wants freedom or, and then receives freedom by being fully open to love. And the divine masculine wants freedom. And through freedom, he is fully, you know, open to love. And so then both people are getting their needs met. We are able to do that. We're able to meet each other's needs, not all of them, obviously, but we're able to give more than just the bare minimum. And I think that that is, um, you know, incredibly useful and important when it comes to how we work with each other. And when it, uh, I should say the last thing with the divine feminine is she inspires the masculine to reach his highest potential through honoring his soul's truth and her soul's truth. Again, she's not trying to change the masculine. She knows that all she can do is grow and change and in flow with herself. So she does not simply partner with a man for love, but because she can grow with him. Now, how we're going to come back to that. Like how do we how do we move from our wounded or distorted uh you know masculine or feminine and then how do we move into our into this place of being awakened to our wounds, really sitting with ourself, and then also moving into this divine state. And again, I don't mean divine as in I believe that I'm a deity, more that I am representing my highest self. And in my personal opinion, this is true whether it be in relationship with a masculine man or woman in your life, but also with both the masculine and feminine within yourself, you have to consciously choose to turn towards rather than turn away from affection, emotional support, and intimacy. So you can't self-abandon. That's the first thing you have to do. 
You have to work on the internal stuff first. But when you feel it in your body, when you feel it in your mind or your heart, and you are, you know, something within you is telling you that internal knowing, right? That that intuition is telling you, I need something. It's so easy to say, I'm going to push it down. Uh, no, that doesn't exist. That's not there. Instead, turn towards it. It's a little bit like with, you know, kind of how we work with our inner child. You turn towards it. It's like how you work with any child, right? They're going to need things at inopportune times sometimes, right? Well, the same thing is also true with ourselves. So turn towards, don't just turn away, don't push it down. Even when you yourself request from yourself affection, love, emotional support, um, an intimacy that is a connection to you, to yourself. Again, both that feeling of love and freedom. That is definitely what I suggest. You can do quite a few things. Um, I find that I have less of a need to push or you know to turn away from myself and push my emotions and feelings down. Um, and I it doesn't come up as often in inopportune times. Uh, you know, uh, my emotions, my feelings, when I turn towards myself consistently. So I do, do so daily. I do so in a few ways. Number one is I really pay deep and close attention to um, not just quieting my thoughts, but listening to my thoughts a lot. Um, this is through meditation. Uh, you can do a flow visualization. That's also been very helpful for me. Um, also for me connecting with my very sexual, um, uh, sensual essence. One of the things I've been trying lately has been, um, like stretching naked. There's something about, you know, like you can lay, uh, you don't just have to do it on the carpet and get some sort of little, you know, rug burn or something, but there's something, I don't know. It just feels a little bit more primal. It feels a little bit more like I'm actually connected to my body in a different way. It makes me feel fairly sexy. Um, and obviously, you know, there's no one in the room with me, but, you know, uh, laying down a comforter, laying down a sheet, you know, whatever it is. And then also that, you know, maybe silk or satin on my skin, very sensual. It allows me to turn towards myself. And it also allows me to listen better to my thoughts and also listen more to my body, my heart. Um, another thing that I do is I will go on walks um, during the day. Yes, I work out and whatnot, but for me, I can't really connect to my thoughts as much and, and kind of do a body scan, you know, head to toe, how am I feeling, but also, you know, uh, what things am I grappling with in life right now? What ideas do I have? You know, whatever. For me, it's harder to do so when I run or when I work out. And for me, it's much easier to do so when I walk. It's enough movement. I am moving my body. I'm feeling very connected. I'm getting fresh air, sunshine, you know, whatever. Um, at the same time though, I am also not getting my heart rate up so high that I'm focused on that. And instead I'm really more focused on, you know, the thoughts and the feelings. Um, and you know, that allows me to give myself a lot of emotional support. Um, I also do some affirmations, which allow me 
to be very affectionate to myself. And just more so than just affection, I would also say deep love, self-love and self-compassion, um, which steers us a lot of times away from self-shame. And one of the other things that I personally do, particularly at the end of the day, to just kind of release a lot of tension, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of, I would say, you know, the, the kinds of things that, you know, I, I need to kind of, um, I guess kind of work through, uh, kind of almost replenish myself, uh, for me is also through taking a hot bath. Um, one of the other things that we're going to talk about before we end today, I want to connect this idea of being part of the divine feminine, you know, as you've moved into this space with yourself, I want to look at that in terms of really being a divine feminine oracle for a man, for you know, that, that, uh, both the healthy masculine man and some other men who kind of see you see how fantastic you are, um, and want some of that, want your guidance, you know, um, want your, uh, reflection, a lot of times attention, uh, want your advice, um, and, and how those two things play out very differently. So again, when we talked about the divine feminine, the last thing we talked about was that, you inspire the masculine to reach his highest potential through honoring your soul's truth, also his, which means, of course, you got to have really good communication so you kind of know what that is. What is he going towards? Um, and what I have found lately is, I guess, maybe some more struggles in the space of the kind of divine feminine oracle. Um, what I have found is that in my highest feminine state, I often act as this oracle for a man and a truth teller in a man's life. I'm able to see things differently, um, but also very clearly, uh, sometimes for a man. And so, you know, those words, right? The divine feminine's words of wisdom can help, help a man really see himself with clarity. She can guide him towards understanding his higher purpose in the world. And this is a very beautiful thing. And when you're, when you access this and, and when you bring this into a man's life, right? And let's say you guys are dating or you're married or, you know, you're engaged, whatever, like you're moving into relationship and partnership with this person. That's a really great time to bring it in. Um, man, uh, you know, the masculine finds this as one of the most profound things about a, a deeply feminine woman. He needs this. At the same time, though, being an oracle for a man doesn't just have to be in a romantic relationship. It can also be in a platonic relationship. Again, let's say it's the man who comes to you because of something you said. Um, what I have found is that very deep boundaries need to exist. Um, because what I have found is that this man will kind of put you on a pedestal. He'll see you as like this kind of 
goddess that has an aura of her some sort of way, golden light. And what I have found is that when you don't want it to be in that romantic space, and particularly when you start off as that oracle in his life, and then try to move it into a relationship, that often does not work. Because he will always kind of see you as being more knowledgeable or more connected to spirit um, than, than he ever can be. And so what happens is he often doesn't trust his own hero's journey. Even though, you know, you will often tell him, hey, I trust you on your hero's journey. It's very different from the man that you, you're attracted to, you want to create a relationship with, or you are creating a relationship with, and you're then able to really be that oracle in his life. Um, because you've been showing him the whole time that you already, you know, trust his masculine journey, right? Again, you're not trying to tame or control him. Um, but these two roles are quite different. So what I have found is that, you know, not only can you act as an advisor in a platonic relationship, you know, offer, you know, your deep feminine wisdom, you can work with men. Um, but it's really important to, in this kind of space, not try to save a man, not try to change his mind. So the other thing that you need to be very aware of is at some point in this kind of platonic relationship, I have found that a lot of men will become frustrated or angry or see you as someone who is criticizing. And when in fact, you very well may not be at all. Um, but what I have found is that it's so important in this divine feminine state to not change your truth when he becomes frustrated or angry because of what your truth has revealed in him. I mean, you know, obviously we have to be very careful. Well, maybe not careful, but we have to be gentle sometimes about the way that we say things, even with our partners in, in that other kind of scenario. Um, but at the same time, it's received very different from a man who, like I said, kind of puts you up on this pedestal. What I found is that in those kinds of situations and something to re really be um, aware of, you cannot create sacred union in that kind of more platonic relationship. Um, and, and what I have found is this has taught me how to learn to let go sometimes. Learn to, it, it's helped me learn to know when to stop trying to help someone, offer my gifts to someone. Um, you know, serving is an important aspect of both the masculine and the feminine. And what I've noticed is that when you get into this divine feminine space, a lot of, or, or some men will want you to be their source of feminine wisdom, even though they're not paying for it, or they're not uh, really uh, giving or receiving anything uh, I should say, giving anything to you in return. You have to be very careful, protect a lot of your energy at this point. And what this has taught me is that I don't cling to relationships where my voice is no longer desired. I don't take it personally. I understand that people grow and change and heal. 
at their own pace, and sometimes it's best to let them go. So when a masculine man, most likely, you know, either the wounded or the distorted masculine, uh, when he is in this space of consistently not being receptive to you or willing to receive your feminine gifts, it's good to also learn how to let go. That is also actually true if you are in that divine kind of feminine level and, you know, maybe you have been dating somebody or someone has come into your life, you know, a masculine man, and you realize, oh, I thought we were more on on a different level. Um, We are not. And so um, I, you know, I, I, I need to, I need to move on. I need to move forward. And it is okay to also let that kind of man go as well. So just a couple of thoughts on that. I know that went a little deeper when it comes to um, the divine feminine, but there are these multiple aspects of, frankly, cultivating and creating a lot of this stuff in your life. Some of these things are incredibly good, and some of these things uh, actually can bring... um, some unwanted things, in, well, maybe not unwanted, but uh, some areas where you will have to adjust not to fit another person, but you will really have to adjust in order to protect yourself, your energy, your wisdom, um, your intuition, your heart, um, and have that available for the right people instead. I'm not saying don't work with men. I'm just saying be very aware of that and be very aware of trying to create sacred union with people who have not done their inner work. And then they have also not really changed, you know, those things that are external to them. Um, and they are on their own journey and it takes them the time that it takes. So. I hope that this discussion was helpful for you, uh, understanding, you know, inner and outer sacred union um, of the divine masculine and feminine, and then also kind of that space of the divine feminine oracle. If you are looking to heal some of your wounds, um, if you are a woman who really feels like you are either in that, um, you know, distorted, also. Um, you know, wounded feminine space. Uh, maybe you're moving towards, you know, your awakened feminine, or you're just starting to kind of, um, you know, breach into that. Uh, and also, if you want to continue cultivating that divine feminine within you, um, I have something called a members club, and it is just for women. Um, we are on Mighty Networks, which is a platform, community platform, as well as an app. Um, and each month I release a new self-healing topic. It is called a masterclass. And I also release a, um, you know, so there are multiple videos in a workbook on that new self-healing topic. And this month in the members club, we are looking, I should say the last month we were looking at enmeshment. Um, whether that was kind of in families or, you know, kind of how that showed up for us. Um, and then for the month of August, we are really looking at, um, you know, going deeper within ourselves and really taking a look at uh, the nervous system and polyvagal theory. 
uh, how it affects us, how it also affects our relationships, you know, being alone and connection and, and that deep need for connection. Um, it is also a community where you have access to all of the other women who are uh, there. You can send them messages if they've commented on the video or whatnot. Uh, you can connect up with them and, you know, really be in a very supportive environment where we are all doing our own healing work. Now, in the members club, I have a portion that is just home and you do not have to pay for that. I do not put much up in that space, some videos every once in a while, uh, some graphics, whatever. If you want access to the members club and the um, master classes, uh, that will cost $29 a month. It is a subscription. And when you um, go into the app, or I should say go into the Mighty Networks platform, um, it will prompt you to go ahead and um, add your you know, uh, card information. So if you'd like to do that, you can go to at Create Love Freedom on Instagram. You can click on the link in my bio and then um, uh, click on Members Club and sign up right there. We are a community of women who believe that we are our own best self-healers and we do so by being in communion, by being in relationship, and um, by really creating a sense of belonging and, and tribe with one another. I also have a new quiz out, which is called the Feminine Reclaiming Quiz. And, you know, if you want to know kind of where you fall um, with the distorted feminine, the wounded feminine, the awakened feminine, the divine feminine, uh, please again, go to at create love freedom on Instagram, click on the link in my bio, and you can take the quiz from there. And once you take the quiz, you'll immediately get a, uh, an email with results. And if you scroll down, you know, read through it to the end, um, there is a portion on there where you can, um, send me your email address and then, um, I, what that will do is I'm in the process of creating the feminine reclaiming course. And this really is helping women move from their wounded or distorted feminine into their awakened feminine and then into their divine feminine. And then if you are in the divine feminine already at this time, how do you co-create? How do you, um, you know, really create the partnerships that you want? intimate relationships? And then also, how do you put your purpose out into the world um, and, and really, you know, provide both that balance of the creativity, the productivity um, by, by putting yourself forward? So if you'd also like to access that, you can go to the link in my bio on Instagram as well. If you'd like to send me an email, and tell me about your story. I would love to hear it. My email is createlovefreedom at gmail.com. And um, yeah, I just love to hear um, what kind of where you are in your self-healing process, um, what things have come up for you, uh, what resonated with you. And I would love to respond to that. So I hope again that this was helpful for you today. Until next time.